Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Dr. Johnston. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, well, since you guys are Christian thinkers. So I just want to leave that question. I wanted to get your input on that. Sure, appreciate it. Thank you, Douglas. That's my question. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show, combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And hello, this is Jeremiah Johnston. I'm so delighted to have you joining us today on the broadcast. If this is your first time joining the Jeremiah Johnston Show, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. Um, Wow, Uh, you are joining us for a great broadcast today. And friends, I just want to thank you so much for all the ways in which you are connecting with this broadcast. And there's so many different ways for you to join in. I want to welcome everyone joining us live right now. I'm broadcasting from Houston, Texas. I want to welcome everyone joining us across the Faith Radio Network, which is both in the central and eastern time zones, 19 different towers. It's a joy to have you listening live with us. And then thousands of you, scores of you, who are listening on demand. (laughs) I loved it. I received a a message um, recently from someone who listened to this program, and they said, it is totally binge-worthy. And another person said, I'm binging out. So whether you're listening every week live on Faith Radio Network or you're binging this broadcast, either way, we're just delighted to have you with us. It's an awesome program. We have in-depth discussions that are based on the questions that you submit to me as the audience member, as the listener through askjjj.com. I receive questions 24 hours a day from individuals who say, Jeremiah, I was just thinking about this, or hey, I've been struggling with this question, or have you ever thought about this? And Or hey, would you do a broadcast based on this subject? And so that's what directs really um, the content of the show, you do. Um, so very much thank you for the thousands of questions that are submitted through askjjj.com. And I try to answer as many as I can via email or via the broadcast, and then obviously in our live events. So uh, real quick before we jump into a dynamic conversation, pray for me. In just a few days, I'll be speaking in Denver, Colorado on Tuesday night, October 15th at an area-wide, citywide event, Chautauqua at Creek. It's being hosted by Cherry Creek Presbyterian Church. I'll have some remarks about it at the end of the broadcast if you want to join us, if you're listening from the Denver, Colorado area. We're going to have a very important area-wide event that night. I've been doing media all week around it. Lots of people are coming. Lots of seekers are coming. So would you just pray for me as the Holy Spirit prepares my heart for what I'm going to be speaking on uh, to that audience in Denver, Colorado. Friends, we have the Kendrick Brothers joining us today on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. They're on hold. We're going to get them right on the line. I have so many questions. Have you seen this dynamic movie, Overcomer? We're going to discuss the movie Overcomer. We're going to be talking uh, with both brothers, Stephen and Alex Kendrick, 
uh, amazing speakers, amazing filmmakers, just amazing brothers in Christ. Uh, I can't wait to dig right in. And I want to ask them, too, about some questions you've been posing to me related to calling and discerning calling in our life, because their story of how they went into filmmaking is truly amazing. Um, and it's, a, it's just phenomenal how the Lord is using them. So we're coming right up on the other side of this break with Alex and Stephen Kendrick. Stay with us. Everybody, welcome back to the program. This is Jeremiah Johnston. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in right now on Faith Radio Network across the central and eastern time zones. I am joined by two immensely creative brothers. You've probably heard of them, the Kendrick brothers, Stephen and Alex. Guys, thanks for joining us on the program today. We're honored to be a part of the program. Thank you. So, guys, I want to I want to jump right in in the deep end of the pool with you. At Christian Thinker Society, I've received 30,000 text message questions uh, at our live events and continue to receive hundreds of questions through this program. And what I so appreciate about what you all have just done with your brand new movie, Overcomer, and all the derivative resources for the church, you have really focused, gentlemen, on this, what I think answers so many of the questions I've been asked, this issue of identity. Why did you go there with this latest uh, creative project? Well, uh, after the movie War Room, uh, we went through a season of prayer, and we asked the Lord to lay in our hearts uh, clarity uh, for the next uh, feature film. Uh, Alex was coaching all six of his kids to state championships in cross-country, and the Lord began to inspire scene ideas in his head about a, uh, a girl who had lost her parents and she was struggling with her identity and she was running uh, in a cross-country race. At the same time, uh, my wife and I had adopted a baby girl from China, and uh, this is Stephen speaking, and um, we saw her identity completely change. Mm. You know, she went from being an unwanted burden in a communist country with no hope for the future uh, to being a beloved blessing in a Christian home in America with a new name, new family, and uh, a bright, hopeful future. And Ephesians 1 and 2 that I had studied throughout my life, but it was such a hazy, deep theological passage, the light bulb went on for me, and I began to see that Ephesians is about identity and about mm. how g God completely transforms our identity when we give our lives to Christ. And believers, though, don't understand that. They don't know their identity in Christ because Paul is writing the book of Ephesians to people who are in him, but they don't know who they are in him or the resources and power of the Holy Spirit that they have in him. So he's praying that God will open their eyes as he's sharing the truths with them. And that actually led into us making the movie Overcomer. So guys, tell us then how, so you, you begin, and I want to hear more about your creative process. So you have this passion through, and by the way, you're talking to a dad of five, so I'm right behind both of you guys. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit speaks to us through these experiences with our children. I have triplet boys who are three years old, so God's really speaking to me right now. Wow. But tell me this, how do you go from, okay, we have this, this biblical idea of identity, and you're right, there's a dearth of knowledge of this in the church. Christians, we don't know who we are in Christ, and so much confusion comes from that. Then how do you go, bridge, go from that content to the creative side, let's do a movie? Take us through your creative process. I'm fascinated by it. Sure. So once we have, this is Alex talking, once we have 
our theme, we start doing research. And this topic of identity in Christ, people will give you a general answer if you say, are you in Christ? But to break it down, they start giving you a deer in the headlights look because it's hard to break down. But this is the way we do it in the film. First, we establish that the creator gets to define his creation. You are not what your feelings say. You are not the amount of money you make. You are not your job title before you are who God says you are. When you are in Christ, he says you are loved, you are forgiven, you are justified, you are redeemed, you're adopted into his spiritual family. You are so many things. And so we can't allow our feelings or circumstance to define who we are more than the one who created us. And if you stop and think about it, God knows us better than we know ourselves. He loves us more than anyone could possibly love us. And he has the authority to tell us who we are. And so based on those facts, we started saying, okay, well, how would this apply to common people? And we came up with this plot of a, of a basketball coach who finds his identity in winning as many men find their identity in the success of their job. Mm. And if it's stripped away, if it's stripped away, who is he? And so he struggles with that when the largest factory in town shuts down, moves away, and so many families move away, loses his players. And then, and then they give him something he doesn't want to do. They say, you, you, we don't have basketball anymore, but we do have cross country. We want you to become the cross country coach. He doesn't want to do that because he's got one runner and she's got asthma. So it's kind of a joke for him. So he's reeling in, in his own sense of purpose and self-worth. Then the young girl, a teenager, is reeling from her place in the world. She has very low self-esteem, and she's struggling with asthma, even though running is what she wants to do. And so we follow the trajectory of these two characters, and we, in, we include some other characters as well. And you see how they grapple with what the world says about their identity, or what we tend to default to, versus what God says. By the end of the film, they, they have a totally different perspective. It's so encouraging and insightful, and we hope that people are not only entertained by the movie Overcomer, but they leave asking themselves, what have I allowed to define me? I love it. And friends, if you're just joining us across Faith Radio Network, we're talking with Stephen and Alex Kendrick. And I want to encourage you to connect with them on social media. Check them out also on their fantastic website. Uh, there's a couple, but KendrickBrothers.com will share more about the team. And then, of course, the OvercomerMovie.com website has some excellent links for you. And check them out on Facebook at Kendrick Brothers and Twitter at Kendrick Bros. So who does the screenplay? I want to hear more about, like, who's, do you guys do this together? I mean, tell us, tell us about your war room, if you will. I'm, I'm, I, I want to hear even more about the creative process. Sure. Well, uh, we're actually sitting right now in our in our war room uh, where we plan. We've got about 20 different projects we're praying over right now uh, for the future. At the same time, every week we are meeting here as a team, and we're praying very specifically and strategically for the Lord to, to guide our decisions. We know there's a big difference between a good idea and a God idea, and everybody has a good idea. Um, and, mm. But we want, we want the Lord's inspiration. He's the only one who knows the human heart. He's the only one that knows the future, and he knows what needs to happen as the head of the church you know, for the body of Christ. And so consistently what has happened in our situation is the Lord will inspire Alex with emotional scene ideas that are tied to a biblical theme. At the same time, uh, this has happened consistently. God will, will have me, independent of that, studying passages of Scripture that end up being tied to the same theme. So 
Uh, I was teaching on marriage at our church when the Lord gave Alex the storyline idea for Fireproof. Uh, I had been preaching on fatherhood when God gave Alex the idea for uh, Courageous. Uh, wow. When he began to talk about a, a black woman's prayer closet and the impact uh, in the movie War Room, I had been leading our church's prayer ministry at the time and had been teaching on prayer. And with, with Overcomer, uh, the same situation, the Lord had had me in Ephesians 1 and 2 studying identity in Christ. And, and at the same time, he began to inspire Alex uh, with the storyline ideas that we ended up putting in the movie. And so... Um, we, we can see that, uh, that God puts us in, the, in, in sync with one another in different ways. Um, I usually will add uh, humor and some biblical context to it, but Alex is such a gifted storyteller, and so he is writing the majority of the screenplays uh, because he can see the, the finished product from beginning to end. And so I'm kind of an ideas guy. I'll throw out, you know, 10 ideas, and then he'll say, you know, these three are totally impossible. These two are just dumb, but these, <laughs> these two over here can work, you know, and will fit into the, the storyline. And so uh, it's been a good collaboration, you know, but we've seen that as we're praying, as we're in the Word on a daily basis, that the Lord has been very faithful to not only inspire the direction, but then to provide the resources and the and the cast and the crew for us to be able to make the movie. You, you gentlemen have done something that very few other creative entertainment projects have done. It's kind of the Downton Abbey effect. You have created content that is consumable for the whole family, especially so for men who, who enjoy these movies just as much as their wives and their children. How, how have you reached that creative balance where, and I get we're all Christians, we want to watch content together as a family, but you've actually made it fun, entertaining, humorous. How have you done it? Well, the, we don't have a secret formula. We, we bathe everything we do in prayer. And so, you know, of course, experience will help a lot as you as you do trial and error with your stories, but ultimately we say, God, we want your fingerprints all over these projects. We want you to to uh, bless them and use them. And we talk to a lot of people. We do test screenings. We have people read the script and give us their feedback. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to honor the Lord and we want Him to bless it. So we seek to please Him and uh, and try to tell stories that are relatable. And so um, at the end of the day, if it touches our heart and our life. It's likely it will do that to, to many others. And so uh, uh, beyond that, there's no secret formula. It's just uh, do a lot of prayer, a lot of research, and then work hard. Well, and I would say we laugh a lot as a family. And when mm -hmm. we're together working on storyline ideas, we're laughing a lot. And so we like very entertaining stories. And uh, so often on a Friday or Saturday night, our kids are begging us, can we please watch a movie? And, uh, you know, it's, it's such a small uh, selection of uh, of movies that would come out that we would even consider seeing, and then mm -hmm. a lot of times we're still watching them on filters, you know, that filter out the language and the uh, the content that would be unacceptable. And then even then, the theology a lot of times is still twisted. Sure, and you're having <laughs> discussions with your kids saying, you know, where was God in this entire storyline? It was family friendly when we consider it being PG rated. But God is not even – this is almost like an atheistic movie because there is no uh, acknowledgment of he, even his existence or any, any kind of respect for him or his word or, or, or his provision or the consequences of sin. You know, 
And so we talk about that, and we're trying to make the kind of movies that we want to see. You know, I want to see a movie that's going to entertain me, that I can watch with my whole family, that will challenge me personally, that I won't feel like I've wasted two hours of my life when I'm done watching it, uh, but also that will honor faith. You know, I, I do want uh, people to be coming to know Christ. And if we think about this digital media generation that is consuming YouTube videos and Facebook, you know, at an, an, an alarming rate all around the world. I mean, we've traveled to countries around the world, and even in poverty-stricken countries, they don't have air conditioning and carpet on the floors but they have smartphones and they're watching videos and movies coming out of America on their phones. And so we are in a situation where we want to take the most powerful and truthful messages in the world that are from God's word and be able to communicate them in a relevant context that will reach people that we could never reach on our own. So powerful, friends. We're, t- we're joined by Alex and Stephen Kendrick. We've got to jump to our first break, but when we come back, I want to ask them about how it all began. Uh, we often forget these gentlemen uh, began doing this work, this great entertainment work that's now truly a global ministry with all their derivative resources for the church. They started right in their local church. So I want to hear more about that story. You may have missed aspects of it. Stay with us. You're listening to the Jeremiah Johnson Show on Faith Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. This is Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks so much for all the reviews you're giving to the podcast. We're excited and delighted to let you know that the Jeremiah Johnston Show can now be heard wherever podcasts are consumed. So we're grateful to have all these new channels that are available to this broadcast. We're welcoming you back to our conversation with Alex and Stephen Kendrick. And I do want to encourage you, check out OvercomerTheMovie.com. Go to the website, OvercomerMovie.com. I hope you've already seen the movie. See it more than once. Take your friends, take your family, take your Bible study, um, and definitely Definitely, uh, we're going to hear more in this segment about how we can use the resources that are really derivatives of the movie. Gentlemen, I want you to take our audience back, though, because um, I'm sure you, you gain new audience members, new followers, new people that connect with you with every movie that comes out. And they might just think that you all were like born in Hollywood and you've just been doing this your whole life. Can you take us back to the beginning of the Kendrick Brothers at your local church? And am I saying this right? Albany, Georgia. Am I saying that the way you'd say it if I was there right now? <laughs> well, well, the natives say Albany. We say Albany. <laughs> okay, got you, got you. Tell us about how so, it began. Yeah, so Stephen and I grew up making silly little movies in our backyard with our video camera. All of them had the same plot, which was chase them down and beat them up. And um, when we got older, our, our parents were praying for us, and, and uh, they said, uh, God, would you capture the heart of our son so they'll want to please you? And the Lord began doing that over uh, our, our teen years. By the time we got to college, we could not get a film degree because uh, no local college had one. So we majored in communications. And then after that, I was a little surprised by this. The Lord turned our heart toward going into full-time ministry. I was ready to make a movie, or at least I thought I was. But the Lord knew I needed seasoning and some maturity. So we became youth pastors, went to a seminary, and were ordained into the ministry did uh, youth pastoring for, for a number of years, both of us did. And then in 99, 1999, I came to, to Albany, Georgia, where I joined the staff of Sherwood Church here in Albany, and uh, Stephen followed uh, two years later. 
And it wasn't long after that in our associate pastor positions that we approached our our pastor of the church, senior pastor, and said, what if we made a low-budget feature film for the community? That was the extent of our vision. Wow. And uh, we we made it for $20,000. It was called Flywheel. We thought it would be higher quality than it was. We realized how hard it is to make a feature film. But we did get it in our one local theater, and it kept selling out. So it was supposed to last one week. It lasted over six weeks. And then when we sold the DVD, to date, it sold 1.2 million copies of the DVD. Wow. That, that stunned us. And we realized that telling stories, especially if the story connects with the audience, is a, is a wonderful form of ministry. And that led to Facing the Giants and then Fireproof, Courageous, War Room, and now Overcomer. So we make one about every two to three years. We spend a lot of time between the movies praying, saying, God, what do you want us to do? And uh, it's been super fulfilling. It is harder than I thought, but more fulfilling than I thought. Sometimes those two go together. But at the, at the end of it all, if, if we can help people in their walk with God, if we can encourage them with relatable stories, then that's, that's success for us. And I mean, I want the audience to appreciate it is hard to make a feature film, but you don't stop there, guys, do you? Because, I mean, I don't know how many books and Bible studies, and I, and I want you to tell us, but with the most recent film, again, we're discussing Overcomer. If you missed, if you're just joining us on Faith Radio Network, you're going to want to go back and listen to the podcast and the archive of this because we're talking about Overcomer, the movie, Stephen and Alex Kendrick. You guys released in tandem in the same month with the movie defined what God says you are. We're talking about identity in Christ, revealed, discovering your true identity in Christ for teen boys and young men. Wonderful, the truth about who I am. So in tandem with going through the whole creative process, you get to the finish line of the movie, but it really starts there. You're creating content and resources for the church to use the movies in a discipleship process. How do you do all this and why? What's your passion creating these other resources that go along with the movie? Well, I, I would say our passion is the Great Commission. Uh, our hearts beat uh, for the gospel going to the nations. Uh, we love the local church, and we want to strengthen. We want to be one of the things we pray for is that God would, would bring revival to his church and that we could be a part of him uh, bringing, making the church salt and light again. You know, it, it is always grieving when you hear that the culture is trying to isolate or ignore uh, the body of Christ. And so Jesus says that we don't need to lose our saltiness. We don't need to hide our light under a bushel, you know. And so we're we're praying that God will use each film to first reach the church and will mm-hmm. we'll help the marriages in the church first before we try to tell the world about how to have a happy marriage. We'll help that turn the hearts of fathers back to their children in the church first uh, before we try to reach the world with that. And so um, so we don't want people just to be moved emotionally when they watch the films. Every movie is actually the appetizer that hopefully will, will salt the oats and give them a desire to dive into what God's word says about a topic. And so we, we had the love dare book following fireproof because we knew when people walked out of the theater, they would want to work on their marriages and they'd want to go on the journey. And so we were ready to point them to what God's word says about, the covenant love that should be modeled uh, in a marriage and how to walk through forgiveness and those kind of things. Uh, We did the same thing with the battle plan for prayer in war room. And then now with overcomer, people are developing a hunger for studying who they are in Christ. 
And it's been so encouraging to see people online when they watch the film to go home and even post on social media that they've written down. They've been reading Ephesians 1 and 2, and they've been writing down what it says about who they are in Christ. And uh, that it's so fulfilling for us because that means more to us knowing that if it's fruitfulness for eternity in heaven, it's going to last a whole lot more than any kind of trophy or award that's temporary on this earth. And so we, we believe that winning one person to Christ is more important than winning an Academy Award. And mm. so every single one of these resources is actually aimed at a, at a specific age group or a gender saying, let's study what God's Word says about identity in Christ, and let's go beyond the emotion of the movie so that hopefully after you've seen it, you have been transformed by the renewing of your mind with, with the Word of God. Friends, we're again, we're joined by Stephen and Alex Kendrick. Check out Overcomer, the movie. And gentlemen, I want to just, I want to affirm the work that you're doing, especially with Overcomer and Identity in Christ, by just sharing a very brief story. In January, I was giving, uh, I was speaking at our tour in Bonita Springs, Florida, which is not far from Florida Gulf Coast University, which is the fastest growing university in Florida right now. I had a young man approach me at our event, and I will never forget this experience. And he walked up to me and he said, Jeremiah, I am unlovable. I am unlovable. And I have uh. never had a young person of anyone, by the way, say I am unlovable. And by the way, I mean, there's a, why wouldn't he say that with what's being taught at so many universities today about how we're not a special creation. We're not unique. We're an accident. There's nothing valuable inherently about us. And I actually decided, and my wife, Audrey, challenged me with this. So I, I just could not, you know, it's always amazing what people will say when they know you're listening. But I wrote out this, this document that I actually keep in my Bible now whenever I have these kinds of discussions. And, you know, little did I know Overcomer was coming out later that year. But I'm made in the image of God, Genesis 1.27. I'm everlastingly loved, Jeremiah 31.3. I'm totally unique, Psalm 139, 13 to 16. I'm so valuable, God sent his son to love me and die for me, John 3.16. I am handmade by God and formed out of the dust of the ground. Genesis 2-7, I have the breath of God breathed into me. Genesis 2-7, thus says the Lord. And I just want to affirm this, this, this notion of identity. It's getting lost in this hyper-connected world, and yet we, loneliness is at an all-time high. We have a ministry of loneliness now in the United Kingdom because people are so lonely yeah. in the United Kingdom. Suicide at an all-time high. What are, what are, tell us some of the great stories now that the movie has been out um, for a couple of weeks that... What, what are you hearing from Christians about this whole issue of identity in Christ, and, and how is it God using it, maybe in ways you didn't even imagine? Well, first, let me just echo what you're saying and say it's biblical that the devil is going to attack people's identity. And you will see in when Jesus heard the Father say to him, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus had not yet preached a sermon, called a disciple, you know, fed the 5,000, walked on water, any of those things. But he was affirmed in who he was. The mm, very next good. thing that happened was the he was tested in the wilderness by the devil, and the devil attacked him specifically based upon his identity. If you are the Son of God, you will do this. If you are the Son of God, you will do that. Throughout his ministry, he was constantly questioned and attacked concerning his identity whether it be the scribes and Pharisees, whether it be uh, Herod and, and um, Pilate, or when he's hanging on a cross, you know, they were falsely accusing him, if you are the Son of God, you will come down. 
This is the foundational core issue of, of who we are. Our being is connected to the identity of God himself that I can know that I'm his creation because he's creator. I'm loved because he's loving. I am chosen because he has chosen me. I'm saved because he is a savior. Our identity is connected to who God is. And the devil in Ephesians 6, it says he will attack us, and we have to be strong in the evil day. And it says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Well, Mm. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, the beginning of that whole letter, explains what it means to be in the Lord, who our identity is in Christ. And so every generation is attacked in this regard, but I think our generation— you're absolutely right. Depression, suicide, an all-time high. Uh, we heard uh, someone contacted us and said that she took one of her coworkers to see Overcomer in the theater. They walked out uh, and sat in the car, and her friend broke down and started weeping and said, I've been struggling with suicide, but this movie has rocked me to the core. She said, I want to start going to church. I want to start reading wow. the Bible. I need what they were talking about in this film. Uh, Someone contacted us from South Africa, Cape Town, and said, uh, this movie inspired me to the core. It made me cry. It made me question and ask who I am in Christ and to cry out to God. It made me realize where I stand in my walk with Christ, and I want to draw close to him and take pride in the fact that I am now his child. Uh, This is inspiring me. Uh, uh, On Facebook, someone said, this this scene when when the girl walks in, Uh, in the middle of the movie, and she asked the coach, you know, ask me who I am, and she's ready with a biblical answer at that point. She says, this shook my daughter to the core. She's now going back to church. She's plugging back into a small group. She's saying God's moving in her heart. You know, after watching this movie and watching this scene, um, we're hearing from, you know, again, from people all over the world, and it's not just teenagers. Sometimes it's senior adults, uh, men saying uh, I've gone back and seen this movie again and again. Uh, there was one man who said that he was struggling with PTSD. He was a U.S. Air Force or Air Force veteran, and he says, "Forget the popcorn, bring your tissues." He said, "I keep going back and seeing this movie," um, but he says, "Every time I go, you know, God's speaking to me in a different way." And wow. so, and people are saying, "I've watched it nine times and taken my friends," or "I've seen it five times." Or we're going back again, and we're taking our coworkers or our neighbors. So uh, we're just praising God because we have tried to be obedient in making the movie, but at the same time, only God can change the heart. And so That's we've right. been praying on a weekly basis that the Holy Spirit will show up in the theaters when people are watching the film, and that wherever they are on the journey, He'll grab their hearts and start pulling them towards Him. Wow. Friends, we've got to jump to our final break. We're talking with filmmakers, authors, speakers, and as you can hear from this program, great encouragers in the Lord, the Kendrick brothers. We're going to be right back in 90 seconds with our final segment with Alex and Stephen Kendrick. Stay with us. Jeremiah Johnston. We're back with Alex and Stephen Kendrick. And wow, if you've missed any of this program today on Faith Radio Network, I want to encourage you to listen to the archive broadcast on any of our podcast channels, as well as the blog that's created from this show. You're going to want to, you're going to, want to share it with friends. Guys, we're having a fantastic conversation. Um, so many different ways that we could go. So many questions for you, Alex and Stephen. But I do want to ask you guys, um, I want to ask you, what is the favorite movie that you all have 
made together thus far? I mean, is it the last one? Is it the next one? <laughs> how, how do you answer? I'm sure you get asked that question all the time. Well, this is Alex. I, you know, I tell you what, um, because of what God has taught us in each of the films, because God doesn't just tell us to share something in a film without working on us as well. And because of the way he's stretched our faith and grown us, it's hard for us to pick a favorite only because when I look back at the, at the previous films, I see the lessons that I learned in, in my own walk with God. And so um, it's hard, hard to say that. Now, I will say the best production has been Overcomer. Uh, best uh, budget, uh, best cameras, the cast and crew were amazing to work with. So that was our favorite experience. But all of them taught us, you know, including this one on identity. When we made Overcomer, we, we realized we had to answer the question ourselves. Um, do we really know who we are? And do we have the elements of our identity in the right order? Meaning, even though I am a husband, I am a father, I'm a filmmaker, an actor, which of those things should be in first place? And so even over the course of making this film, I was able to reorder the elements of my identity to make sure that I am first and foremost a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, no matter what happens in my life. And um, so as far as production, it would be Overcomer. But it's hard to pick a favorite beyond that only because, you know, God has, has grown us with each movie. Yes. I would say for me – the the one that I would rewatch the most is probably Facing the Giants. It's there's yeah. a lot of subtle humor that you don't pick <laughs> up the first time you watch it, and after you watch it multiple times, you start picking up on a lot of the subtle humor that we put in the film. Uh, I there's something special about Courageous for me because yeah. it starts off with such a bang. It it probably has the the widest range of emotions with the the deepest sorrow, the biggest laugh. Uh, the most edge of your seat moments, you know. So there's there, there's something special about Courageous that, that is a lot of fun. Uh, behind the scenes, War Room, getting to know Priscilla Shire, sharing this summer together with so many great godly families in Charlotte, North Carolina, was such a joy. Uh, Priscilla said it was one of the best summers of her life wow. uh, as we were working on that film. And then Overcomer, what I was learning out of Ephesians has just been – like a big gigantic bowl. It's like a steak dinner and a gigantic bowl of cookie dough ice cream or something. I mean, it's been <laughs> Ephesians has been so amazing and uh, just learning more about the Lord, learning about what he's done in us. Um, it, we've, we've, we've gone away from some movies feeling a little bit scarred, you know, by the, by how tough it was, not by mm -hmm. being hurt by people, sure. but just how difficult it was to make the film. But with Overcomer, I would say that my thinking has been so different concerning dealing with criticism, dealing with failure, dealing with depression, dealing with stress or um, other things. You know, when you're down, to go back and recount who we are in Christ, to, to believe it, to receive it, to confess it, to pray it, to walk in it, um, it is so refreshing and uh, strengthening to be able to go back and do that. So I'm hoping that the body of Christ around the world will be stronger in the Lord as a result of diving in and discovering who they are in him. I love it. So what, what results are you all seeing in the local church from media consumption and then specifically how the churches, is, the churches are benefiting using these films? Well, you know, when the movie is out of theaters, uh, churches are free to 
get a license and show them in theaters. And and we have an average of fourteen thousand churches that show each of these films. And then the that's another whole waterfall of responses and testimonies that come in. Many of them will show them as an outreach on a, like a Friday night and then give an invitation at the end. And so that is further wow. ministry. And we love that because we want churches to use our, our books, curriculum, and movies as outreach tools, as, as a ministry and mentoring tools. And, and to the degree that that's happening, that's, uh, that, that's, that's awesome to be a small part of that. And so um, we try to equip the church as best we can to, uh, to blossom and further each church's own ministry by using these uh, resources. I've always been taught, I come out of the ilk, that God's method for world evangelism is through the local church. So even though Christian Thinker Society is a parachurch nonprofit, so much of what we do exists or it could not exist without the local church. And what I love about the Kendrick brothers, what I love about you gentlemen, and your other brother, who's also involved, we should mention, um, you guys, it seems that you have that the local church is the DNA of why you do what you do and how you do it. That's the target audience. Can you just wax a little bit more about about the centrality of the local church in your projects, not just in, we've heard about it in the embryonic beginnings, but even in, sure. even perhaps now more so. Well, we grew up uh, actively involved in our local church. Uh, our dad was an associate pastor. Uh, when he went into depression uh, in mm. 1984, after he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, our local church showed up and were uh, painting our house. They were reaching out in love. They were praying for our family. Uh, we saw uh, what it can look like when the church is functioning in love. We also saw dysfunction in the church. You know, we saw yeah. youth pastors running off with girls in the youth group. We saw, yeah. you know, what happens when deacons have affairs with choir members and it destroy marriages. You know, we, so we, we took off the rose-colored glasses and realized, you know, every person is broken and in need of the Lord, and that Jesus is the only perfect thing about Christianity, and that we need to keep our eyes on him, not on people. And so I think it helped prepare us to be able to serve the local church uh, with eyes wide open, realizing that anybody can fall. You know, if David, a man after God's own heart, and Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, could fall away from the Lord by taking their eyes off of him or walking in pride, None of us are exempt. We all have to daily be in an abiding, dependent relationship on him and walk in humility. And so, mm. uh, but First John says that the Holy Spirit will give believers, true believers, a love for other Christians. That that is one of the signs of our salvation, is that he, he gives us a love for the brethren. And so we love the local church in all of her brokenness, in all of our brokenness. Uh, we love watching the body of Christ function, and it's the best network in the world. It's the best family in the world. Amen. The bond is so much more eternal and stronger than any kind of you know, military bond or team bond or temporary uh, you know, brotherhood that this world can offer. And uh, so we, we want to join the Lord in reaching the world through his local church. And we also want to join the Lord in preparing the bride of Christ for his return. Can you take a minute? I want to ask you, and our time is running short in this final segment. Friends, we're talking with Stephen and Alex Kendrick. Thanks for joining us down Faith Radio Network. Gentlemen, in my personal experience ministering in churches of all denominations, some of the most frustrated people in the church are those, and this is my opinion, for whom God called to some specific ministry and they hesitated. 
they didn't take that step for a variety of reasons. Can you gentlemen share a charge to those who are listening to you right now who are grappling with the call of God on their life, and it may be in totally uncharted waters like the Kendrick brothers when God called you to do movies? Well, we did not have film degrees. We did not feel even qualified, but we did feel called to start telling these stories. And yes, growth needed to take place, but when we obeyed the Lord, he bore more fruit through those projects than we ever imagined. And of course, we were blessed in the process. And so if you are called into ministry, if you feel that churning in your heart, don't run from it. You know, uh, isn't it interesting that Jonah ended up being fruitful, but he went the long way around (laughs) to getting to Nineveh. And so we would encourage you, follow the Lord. Yes, it may be a hard route, but it will be more fulfilling when you are in the center of God's will. There's not a better place to be, and we need more people tilling the ground for the fruitfulness that the church can help uh, establish here on this life until Jesus comes back. So uh, we've been doing it for a long time, over two decades. We love the local church. And again, if you're called to ministry, take God up on that on that desire, on that on that yearning and that prompting that he puts in your heart and see what he does with it. Well, and let me let me add to that. Every believer in Jesus Christ is called to serve him with their lives. Amen. And uh, being a disciple is means laying it all on the line, you know, and I think about Jim Elliott's quote, uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Every single one of us with life being such a vapor. Uh, what a privilege to let our lives be busy about things that will matter for eternity. And we have seen that everything that we do suddenly has incredible value when it's connected back to glorifying God and the Great Commission. So moving a sandbag on a set is more so than just trying to make a movie. We're trying to lead people to Christ. We're trying to turn the hearts mm. of fathers back to their children. Uh, all the work that we're doing suddenly has eternal value when it's being used to glorify God, and that's very fulfilling. But if God is calling you specifically, whether it's into ministry directly or to use your business or your occupation as a, as to be salt and light into this world, um, surrender it to the Lord and trust that he will go before you, open the doors. He'll empower you and strengthen you by his Holy Spirit. He will provide everything that you need every step of the way. And not only will it be fulfilling, but you will encounter God with a greater intimacy than ever before. And you will, there's nothing better than to know the Lord at a deeper level. I love it. Friends, we're listening to Alex and Stephen Kendrick. The movie is Overcomer. See it. Check out the Bible studies and the derivative books and resources that can equip your faith through identity in Jesus Christ. One of the most important questions of our time. Guys, our time has run short. Final question. I've been asked 30,000 questions, as I mentioned, and I personally think the number one apologetics question of our time is mental health in the church. And I've been grappling with that, writing in it, ministering to that for the last five years. But I would be interested to hear from the Kendrick brothers. And again, we only have about two minutes. What are, what's your all's unanswered question uh, for God? Well, so I have two. Uh, one is from my kids when they say, will we be able to fly in heaven? And I don't know, I, awesome. I don't know how to answer that question. That. Okay. And, and so, but the other one is, looking at the vastness of God's creation, especially our galaxy and the universe beyond, what is its purpose once we are with the Lord in heaven? We're not going to mm. be just partying and resting yeah. the whole time. You know, when he, when he talks about that you will uh, join me in judging and ruling, 
what will we be doing for eternity? And, and those are exciting things to think about and hard things to think about. But will we be able to visit some of these other places that God's created? I can't answer that question. I've been asked those questions. But I, I certainly look forward to spending an eternity with the Lord. Wow. And I would agree with that. Uh, there are so many questions on earth I hear people ask. Yep. And uh, I love that psalm where David says that there are many things that are too high and lofty for me. Yes. I don't bother myself to try to answer questions I can't answer. <laughs> you know, And so um, it's okay to embrace the mystery of things that you'll never be able to figure out on, on this side of eternity. That's good. But I'm in agreement with Alex. My biggest questions uh, would be uh, concerning eternity future. You know, what does God have in store? It's very exciting to think that his ideas uh, are, are going to be amazing, and he can do more than we can ask or imagine. And uh, it, it's only going to get sweeter and sweeter and better and better the longer we're going to spend uh, discovering more things about God and enjoying one another for all eternity. So uh, I, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen. They're Alex and Stephen Kendrick. They're the Kendrick brothers, filmmakers, authors, speakers, encouragers. Pray for him. Join the force, friends. Join these movies. Use them. Alex and Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. God bless you. Thanks yeah, for having thank us. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Hey, welcome back to our final segment. That was a dynamic discussion with both Alex and Stephen Kendrick. I so appreciated their answer about discerning the call of God on our lives. And I so appreciate not only the words with which they answered, but the example of their life and the way in which they stepped out in faith following God's call to do something creative and dynamic and leaving the results up to him. I hope that's encouraged you today. I do want to ask you to please pray for me this Tuesday night, October the 15th. I'll be speaking at Chautauqua Creek Critical Conversations about culture and faith. It starts at 6.30 p.m. We're inviting everyone across the Denver, Colorado metro area to join us, and it's being hosted actually at Cherry Creek Presbyterian, a fantastic church. I have enjoyed the last several months gearing up um, for this event. In fact, over the last week, I've done numerous radio interviews across uh, Denver radio stations who've been interviewing me about what I'm going to be discussing. I'm going to be discussing unimaginable what the world would be like without Christianity. I'm going to be taking live questions from the audience. Everyone is invited. If you're a follower of Jesus, fantastic. If you're a seeker, if you're a skeptic, man, I hope you'll join us. Please join us, and thank you so much for praying. I'm delighted to be partnering with Cherry Creek Presbyterian Church. I want to encourage you, friends, uh, to follow our ministry on Christian Thinkers Society. You can go to our website at christianthinkers.com. And if you go to christianthinkers.com, with one click of a button, you can listen to this radio broadcast. You can also see the archived broadcasts. You can also stay in touch with our different books and resources I've mentioned in a previous broadcast. We're still celebrating the release of my third Bible study, Answers to Tough Questions, How to Defend Your Faith. That's available right now at christianthinkers.com as well as our social media. Uh, this is where you can stay in touch with me. Um, we do all kinds of events around the United States, and I want you to be in prayer for them. I don't, I don't go alone. I don't go um, of my own strength. I go because God's people pray for me. And I really mean that. I do need your prayers, so please pray for me. Uh, this week, I do want to say a very special happy anniversary to my wife, Audrey. I want to end with this note. 
Just a few days ago, we celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary. And I want to tell you what, wow, is Audrey Lynn Johnston an amazing answer to prayer to me every single day. So I celebrate my marriage. I celebrate the fact that Audrey and I love Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the reason that our marriage is, I think, gets better every single day. Um, And it's a beautiful thing to look back on 15 years of marriage and just say, Lord, We're so excited about what you're doing in our life. We just want to be more faithful. We want to be more effective for you, God. Help us. And as I mentioned in our recent broadcast on unanswered prayers, one of the greatest delights of my life is praying with my wife as much as possible. So I hope if you're married, you have that same attitude. Just pray with your spouse as much as possible. Uh, You'll never experience intimacy in marriage like praying with your spouse. Friends, this has been an awesome conversation today. Again, my thanks to Stephen and Alex Kendrick, the Kendrick brothers. Check out the Overcomer movie. Pray for me this week in Denver, Colorado, and I'll see you next week on the Jeremiah Johnson Show. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you. So if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. You'll also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.